Welcome back to Books, Films, Tilly. This is your host, Tilly, and today we'll be discussing Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, directed by the Daniels. So today, Lauren is joining me to discuss Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Hello, <laughs> I'm Lauren. <laughs> it's been two days since the Oscars and the Oscar award ceremony. They won seven out of 11 of their nominations. Michelle Yeoh won Best Actress, and then they won both the sporting actor categories. They're now the most awarded film of all time. And they really? Yeah, and they'd actually beaten Lord of the Rings, Return of the King in both nominations and award before the Oscars even started. So wow. yeah. Pretty crazy. And yeah, and we both really enjoyed it. This isn't the most original podcast theme considering (laughs) considering how well it's done but yeah we both really enjoyed it I think it was probably my favorite film of 2022 I think so I think it was I mean favorite film that I saw like in the cinema that was coming out that year Mm. um definitely when did you watch it because I watched it in the cinema when it came out yeah I can't can't remember what day but I saw it with my friend and I remember we, we both came out of it and we were just like I'm gonna just need a moment to process what just happened you know it was I mean it definitely I remember my first thought was just like wow this lives up to the title it is literally (laughs) everything everywhere all at once quite a lot to process Mm. but I really liked it what was well you've already kind of discussed what your first thoughts were but when you came out well the thing is I went into it with like I didn't know anything about what it was going to be about I just remember my friend that I saw it with, super into film, and it was like, oh, it's A24. Like, it's been really talked about by critics and stuff. Like, we should just go see it. And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, didn't know anything. Didn't know anything about the plot, what to expect. Mm. Uh, But I was just, I remember, because there's like the first, what do you call it, the first act. Yeah. That it starts and it's the quiet scene where they're doing taxes and then there's that really loud blasting. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like everything. And I was like, yeah. I literally, like, (laughs) almost peed myself in the cinema when that happened yeah it was very it was quite overwhelming at points There's mm. when the bit where obviously like evelyn sort of like sent when she's sort of flickering through the different versions of herself mm-hmm. my eyes were going all fuzzy and <laughs> i was like i can't i feel a bit motion sick right now <laughs> so i was watching it for the third time today and i hadn't realized that at that scene where it says everything in the background you know how on the bags waymond had put the googly eyes yeah in the background of that shot there's a black bag which looks like one of the rocks oh, from later on in the film oh. with the googly eyes and it's like big googly eyes I was like, oh my gosh there's just yeah so many little things that you you could watch it like a million times and not notice every little detail mm-hmm. which i think is, is crazy we should talk about the rock scene because that made me bore my eyes out well <laughs> i was about to say did you cry because yes yeah I, I think i cried at a couple of points i mean i definitely was teary at the end where there's sort of the big climactic argument between evelyn and joy and everyone's sort of just like oh are they gonna make up are they gonna is it gonna be a happy ending um but yeah the, the rock scene just hit me out of nowhere like it just it sort of comes on like bit randomly because it's just like this universe where they're rocks obviously mm-hmm. um and i remember just because it, it's such it's just so it was so abnormal and so like i've never seen anything like it in a film it where it's just you but like these rocks with googly eyes on and just sort of subtitles of their thoughts or not really dialogue at it just made me 
sob hysterically in the cinema (laughs) like it was crazy and yeah I still think about that scene a lot because it was Mm. just you know just be a rock yeah, because I was, we're all just rocks. Aren't we? <laughs> I was when I was rewatching it. I I remember thinking there's actually not that much to this dialogue if you were to read it on paper. Yeah, but I think almost part of the fact that it's silent and you're reading it, yeah. and you you kind of put all of your feelings towards the film and how yeah. you're seeing the film onto that scene, and that's why I think if you didn't like the film up until that point you'd be like oh christ sakes why are they doing yeah. yet another thing like this but if you actually really are enjoying the film yeah like it's touching it's, it's you. very it's very it's a very touching scene like mm-hmm. you say it's not particularly complex in the in what's being quote unquote said um but it hits hard yeah no i agree so i think a worthwhile question is you know why do you think it was so popular because i think there's a lot to be it was I don't think I've... Yeah, it's just insanely popular. I don't think anyone... There's so many people who said, that's my favourite film. You know, you've had films in the past that have won Best Picture or even like at the BAFTAs with All Quiet on the Western Front, that's a good film. But I don't think a lot of people were saying, this is is my film, this is my favourite film, this is incredible. I think a lot of the time with like, especially films that go on to be nominated for and win awards in Hollywood, they tend to be, you know, the very artsy films mm-hmm. in inverted commas the film films that no one sees and you're just like <laughs> you read the nominations and you're like i have not heard of any of these films who is even in them who even made them but yeah every, I, like everything ever all at once was obviously a bit different in terms of like you say it, it definitely developed like a fan base and people genuinely loved it beyond it being a well-done film mm-hmm. in the sort of traditional award winner sense I think, I mean, the sort of familial aspects I know hit hard for a lot of people. Yeah. The the people with mummy issues. Yeah, because I was hit. thinking, I think part of the reason why it was so popular was also in part because it was about women. Yeah. And I, and I think that we don't, it's not a dynamic. I mean, there have been films like, I haven't watched Lady Bird, but I know that that is about a mother-daughter relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of the appeal as well. Yeah, I think it's... I mean, I know originally it was... The role was written... I don't know if it was written for him or if he was just originally yeah. played for Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. And then Michelle Yeoh got it in the end. Mm-hmm. But I think it really would have been different if it was a male lead. And I don't know if in that instance if it still would have been like a father-daughter or if it would have been a son in that if Jackie Chan had taken the role. But I don't know if it would have hit, hit as hard for as many people no. if it if it was that. Also, I think... It's a very large scale movie. You know, there's a lot happening. There's kind of crosses between genres. There's a lot of action. Yeah, there's so many. I was looking at. I was trying to. I was trying to pinpoint a genre, and there was so many different. There was like, you know, there was black comedy. There was action. There was drama. Drama. Yeah. yeah. There was. There was so many. Like, there's about like seven different yeah. possible ways of describing this. Romance can also be applied yeah. to this. Yeah, so it's like, it's super, it's very large scale. I mean, especially for an indie movie, it was very, it's very big. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot going on. But it kind of boiled down to something fairly simple, I think, at the same time, about the relationship between a mother and daughter Mm -hmm. and the complexities of that, sort of dramatised into this multiversal battle and fight to save the universe. Because I felt one, like, one thing that it does 
quite well is that it's really like okay for example with all of the um, I think the I mean I don't know if you watched it with your friend but I watched it well I watched it first by myself and then I watched it with my my mum and my sister and when the whole you know all of the stuff with the dildos and stuff and you're just like oh my gosh that's so not necessary and and I kept on saying like I know it's weird it will get weirder but then it will make sense it's not weird for the sake but it kind of sometimes it's it just is. it's just a bit silly like yeah you know, it's it's kind of a break in the intensity of it yeah. which i like because i think a lot of the time some some a lot of the time movies just get a bit caught up in the nitty-gritty but yeah. it's, it's kind of refreshing to have something that had a very deep mm. message but didn't get dragged down by trying to be like all dark and edgy yeah and m- moody and i think it did what i was I think it did a good job at having those elements but not taking them too far to the yeah. point where we keeping didn't... the balance. Yeah, exactly. And I think as you were kind of saying is a lot of this it's kind of absurd. Yeah. And so it's uh, it's kind of a fun way of doing something absurd without it just being cuz I like, I don't know if you you've read texts which are from the I don't know I don't in French it's absurd but just yeah like, absurdist texts yeah, yeah absurdist texts and some they're just like sometimes they're just genuinely depressing <laughs> yeah yeah and uh, I think it was a nice change to yeah, something I mean, which abs- is absurd I think absur- but... absurdism is that a word I think it can go either way into like the absurdly mm. sad or this absurdly like sort of fun and uh, silly aspects mm-hmm. and yeah I I like the route this one took yeah, I agree. I think it was necessary. Yeah. It? And that's part of what made it easier to watch yeah. as well. I think, I mean, I got my sister to watch it because <laughs> I was like, you need to watch it, you need to watch it. And she only saw it, I think, last week. Oh my gosh. It was the first time she watched it. And she, I was like, tell me how much you love it when you're done. And um, she sent me a video message and she was like, it was just a bit, it, it was good. And I think the acting was really good, but it was a bit weird yeah <laughs> and the way she said it was you know the, the scene where they're fighting and they're put, trying to put the thing in the thing and <laughs> i was yes because she just didn't, didn't want to say the words <laughs> which i thought was super funny mm. um so I, and i think i get what people think it's it is a bit it's strange i don't think that's kind of the point mm. but at the same time i don't think it's a film where i think a lot of film films i'm gonna keep saying that sort of term <laughs> i think you get what i mean yes i do There's, like the film bro films yeah, people try and get a bit, like, bogged down in, like, this super deep meaning and only, like, 5% of people get the real meaning, even if, like, no, it's blatantly obvious to anyone who has, like, a degree of critical thinking skills to mm. figure out what this actually means. I think Everything Ever All at Once is kind of, it's kind of like that in that it has a lot of deep meaning, but it also can just be enjoyed as, like, mm. a jam-packed sort of action-y comedy with some like sort of mm. tender serious moments as well yeah like, you don't have to get bogged down in like this this means xyz mm. and i think in a lot of ways people don't enjoy these filmy films because it's trying too hard to be super deep and smart yeah but this i don't think this was an instance of that yeah have you watched Lord of the Rings Return of the King. No, I've not watched any of the Lord of the Rings films. Ah, oh, damn it, because I wanted to ask, because basically, like, uh, have you watched Have you watched The Hobbit? No. No? Oh my gosh, Lauren! <laughs> it's cause I, I read The Hobbit when I was younger, and I just really didn't like it, so I okay. never, I've never felt inclined well, you to should. absorb any of that media. <laughs> but one of the, okay, so one of the, thing, the things that I found really interesting was actually that, 
Lord of the Rings, um, Return of the King is quite a hopeful movie. And I just thought it was interesting that it was, it's now like the second most yeah. nominated and awarded film. Because I think both films follow that trend. Yeah. And like, I think it's very representative of the needs of humanity at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> that we need to have this reassurance that there's a possibility to like move forward and, and work towards like a happier yeah, I think so. Sort of looking for, like, so I think a lot of, one of the themes sort of of the film is, like, Joy, she has, like, a villain name in it, doesn't she? I can't remember. Joy Butipaki, <laughs> her sort of, like, villain character is very much bogged down in, like, the nothing means everything yeah, and anything. That's why I'm going to have this everything bagel that's going to basically destroy the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and obviously that's like a very dramatised version of Joy's sort of ongoing crisis where she's yeah. struggling with, like, being, feeling accepted by her mother and... Um, the tensions in their relationship and I think the film ends because obviously like you're genuinely I mean when I watched it the first time I was genuinely unsure if they were if the two characters were going to even like find a resolution or if it was going to end kind of sad like we're never going to have a relationship yeah of any sort whereas it does kind of end on like a bit of a on a high note of yeah. them sort of like taking the steps forward to mm-hmm. resolve their relationship and I think but also acknowledging the issues and what joy is feeling like the issues that she's going through and the issues with their relationship but wanting to work to improve that Mm -hmm. like the journey that they go on throughout the film is sort of coming to that realization and Mm. i think that's sort of something we need more of because i think in our current world climate there's a lot (laughs) of like depressing stuff happening and so i think and you can't it's easy to get bogged down in it but we need what we really need is to sort of acknowledge that and definitely work on fixing the issues but also not letting that like ruin our lives yeah and prevent us from solving the issues to begin with it's easy to sort of be like oh this is a problem but i can't see any way of fixing it so it's just gonna stay a problem and everything sucks yeah but you can have it like acknowledge the issues and still move forward in a positive Mm -hmm. way and i think this film kind of has that in the so a24 they have a podcast and brendan fraser and michelle yo did a podcast episode because brendan like the whale is okay it's not an exact same topic but it is about reconnecting with a child and both of them said that they've had people reach out to them and be like oh either I've decided to make the effort to go speak to my children or I'm going to try and reconnect with my parents and express my needs yeah. and express that something is wrong and that, but also that I need them and that I want them in my life. And I yeah. thought they were saying about how it was so touching for them and how emotional yeah, it made no, them feel. Totally. But yeah, it's hard to do things. I think part, I think part, what I really liked about the, because you know, when, in kind of their final conclusion of the events of the film when, you know, Joy, she's going to leave. And yeah. she's near the car and then Evelyn, so Michelle Yeoh's character, comes over and she's like, no, I, I need to talk to you again, which actually yeah. mimics something, the scene at the beginning of the movie. But she says, you are getting fat. And it's like, yeah. it. it's nice that she wasn't like, I, it, it, it was not, it's like, she acknowledged the fact that there were all of these differences between them yeah. and the way that they expressed their feelings yeah. and the way that they 
a dis like it doesn't there's a disconnect there's a yeah. disconnect but at the same time that she does care for her yeah and she wants to work on the relationship yeah exactly so i really enjoyed that yeah that was that was nice <laughs> okay so i have two questions and they're kind of similar but they can be different answers so the first one is which character do you relate to the most and then the follow-up question is which character did you like the most Hmm. i mean i i definitely get joy's point of view of the sort of nihilistic nothing matters like a quite pessimistic view i think a lot of the time as as i said before it's easy to sort of get stuck with things and feel a bit like everything's pointless mm-hmm. so I, I kind of get that perspective and I don't know I feel like not to get too deep into family relations <laughs> like generally my relationship with, with my mother is good but often like I get the miscommunication thing I think that's not necessarily a thing reserved for people with genuine fam- familial issues I think a lot of it can yeah. be like generational where you know between generations I think like Gen Z is getting better at expressing emotions, whereas mm-hmm. like our parents' generation were a bit more reserved, like naturally just because of how society functioned at that time. I don't know if I could say that I fully relate to any of the characters. Maybe that's just because the film is is quite like like I say, quite wild and a lot mm-hmm. happening, so it feels hard to like ground them. Although they are at the same time, they're they are grounded in reality. Like it all comes yeah. back to them like doing taxes. Um, that was another scene that made me sob was when Wayland, like the actor version is and he's like in another life I would have been happy to just do taxes with you and yeah. I was like yeah. but I, think, <laughs> um, I can't remember but I actually think it doesn't translate I think the direct translation is different from that okay one second I'm gonna wait because I know that the translation is different from that and I wanna oh where okay give me a second because I swear it's not it translates to something which is even better I don't know if you saw, but the the A24 website has, like, a shop. And um, they were selling, like, the rocks for, like, $35 a pop. And I was like, I got so close to buying them. (laughs) But they were sold out. I was like, Lauren, why spending $35 on a rock is literally the most capitalist thing I can think of. I still would have done it. But oh. they did, they did like a bid, an auction, sorry for the- They did, I saw that. And I think the actual rock that was used in the film went for like 40 grand or something like that. It was insane. So even though you've broken my heart yet again. Okay, we're not, I'm not going to find it. So I failed <laughs> like at that. But I think basically he, it's a different, it's a different translate. It doesn't translate exactly like that. It's something even more emotional. It's more like- I don't know. It's it's something even Emotional. it's it's even more like just I want to do taxes with you. Yeah. And live a simple life. Yeah. But there's like a slight difference in yeah. the wording. No, I get what you but mean. yeah. That was another th- another thing part that was just made me like wow was the bit where it gets really meta and they like show footage of Michelle Yeoh mm-hmm. herself on like red carpets. Yeah. When she's like the actress version of Evelyn, I was just like, ugh. I don't like this. I don't like these intense fourth wall breaks. They make me. They make my brain feel funny. Yeah, yeah. that was that was very clever though. The way they used that, like yeah. used the actual world. In terms of like my favorite character, uh-huh. like your earlier question, I loved Rakakuni. That was it. That was your favorite character. I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think my favorite character on a more on a deep level was probably Waylon because he was just like 
Wayman. Wayman. Oh, Wayman. Sorry, I it was <laughs> Wayman. Sorry, no, it's fine. Wayman. I was just like, oh. I okay. So the thing is that I didn't like Wayman, but what? but I felt bad for not liking Wayman. Does it like at the beginning I didn't like Wayman? I have a very ambiguous relationship with Wayman because at the same time that's part of the reason why I was like, which side am I on? Yeah. <laughs> Who am I in this tale? Because I really st- I. Because at the same time, I understood that he balanced out Evelyn. Yeah. And that he was necessary. Especially when you see him interacting with strangers and the way that yeah. she's better able to interact with them. But at the same time, I, un- I understand why his hopefulness was frustrating i don't know what you i don't know how you feel I, get, about I don't it. know i think i get i get what you're saying about his op, his like sort of hopefulness and optimism i think in a way that my frustration with that would be partly to do because i'm naturally a bit pessimistically inclined and people you know when you just meet someone who's really like peppy <laughs> mm-hmm. and like enthusiastic and happy and you're just like oh my god can you calm down? I can't handle your energy. Mm. Um, when someone's just a bit too... Don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on those kind of people. I think those people are lovely. And I think... But they're the kind of people that when I spend too much time with one of them, I need to recharge by myself for a bit <laughs> to regain my social energy. Yeah. Um, and I yet, think, he's your favourite character. But, and yet, like... Yeah, I think he... Oh, you're just like... I think, I, like, what you say about them, like, balancing each other out, it mm-hmm. makes me think of that episode of Modern Family where they're talking about the the dreamers and the realists mm-hmm. and how like the dream the realists need the dream the, sorry the dreamers need the realists to keep them grounded mm-hmm. and the realists need the dreamers to like just go a bit further and like get their feet off the ground it's very much like that kind of dynamic so i think works very well in terms of like couples in media I don't know, that was a bit of, that was a bit of a not answer <laughs> no <laughs> no one thing i thought was really weird in like the reviews when i first watched it at least i don't know if that's I haven't read the reviews recently because I don't like to before. No, yeah. Before I'm trying to do all this because I'm trying you to have like a fresh influence opinion. your opinion. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. But one of the things that I feel like hardly... Because the scene that's the most quoted is the laundry scene. But that's not my favourite scene. My favourite scene is the last moment where she's speaking with Joy. And she says that she would... She doesn't want to be anywhere, but with her and so many people for some reason so many people didn't i have not to say didn't pick up on but their their main point wasn't about the mother-daughter relationship i don't know if that's just like a like a a woman a male female thing like you you would think that it's fairly obvious but Mm. i i don't know if genuinely maybe like if as a man watching they might not pick up on that as strongly or as hev- as like a, as a as heavy a theme as it was yeah but as compared to a woman watching it hmm. um i haven't really spoken to many men about it except for a guy that i work with who hasn't seen it and yeah, i was like no, no. how have you not seen it what the hell <laughs> um yeah. that kind of thing yeah uh, so i don't know it would i would be interested to like hear what someone yeah like a peer of mine at least would say about that sort of angle the, of that theme yeah no i agree with you so yeah so favorite character is wayman so obviously all rakakuni i apologize i apologize (laughs) obviously joy she's struggling with depression and that's like it's not spelled out but it's quite clear yeah and not in the book in the film sorry (laughs) (laughs) and i just like 
how well do you feel like that dealt this film dealt with that theme and those feelings um i don't know if you have a particular opinion I think, on this but i think it did it quite well i mean i can't remember the details because like i said it's been a while since i watched it unfortunately <laughs> i remember thinking like the sort of i mean like i said before the kind of downtrodden hopeless not attitude but sort of feeling mm-hmm. i think is very accurate at least in my experience and that definitely shines through also just you can the way you can sort of tell that the character has difficulty like expressing how she's feeling especially like to her mother mm-hmm. who in turn has difficulty understanding what her daughter's trying to say which sort of leads them to be like going in circles about like trying to communicate <laughs> which i think also can be quite true in a lot mm-hmm. of cases with like people struggling with their mental health trying to express themselves so i would say that was that felt quite real to me good good okay and then i have like this is like a really tough question and then i'll stop grilling you and we can talk about things more generally but okay you have to answer this properly okay obviously all of these universes that are present in everything everywhere all at once they all depend on decisions and decisions made and decisions not made so and you know following the sliding door concept which is a good film actually i really like that have you watched that no No, okay (laughs) also so many people were saying it's like the matrix and rick and morty and i was like guys you're just throwing around words where there's like time travel and yeah yeah. (laughs) exactly so tough question tough question what can you think of like one moment in your life that you know was a diverging moment where your life could have been completely different if you didn't make that decision or something didn't happen i think i can think of a lot of instances purely because i've lived in three countries Mm -hmm. i feel like that as quite a big thing compared to like i mean if we go on the sort of the theory of the multiverse theory a universe is formed of my decision to go right instead of left when i'm walking Mm -hmm. down the street and quite like menial things but I think in terms of broad, mo- grand moments, I mean, I was born in the US, obviously not through my own choice, because I was a fetus. <laughs> um, and then, again, moved when I was four. So it wasn't really my own choice, but it was sort of just something that was happening to me because I was a four-year-old. I yeah. I can make the decision to stay in a different country to my parents. <laughs> but I remember, like, obviously, you and I met in France. Mm-hmm. And when we moved back to England from France we almost instead of going to England we almost went to Spain oh wow okay because my dad my dad's I don't know if you would remember like before we before we left France my dad was working predominantly in Barcelona instead of in France like he was pretty much going there every week and then coming back on the weekends Mm -hmm. so we got really close and it was like my dad never specifically said like sat us down and said hey guys we might move to Barcelona Mm -hmm. for work but I (laughs) this was sort of like me just being a bit of a moody teenager i was like i am not learning another language we are not moving to spain and he was like okay fair enough and i think to be fair like my mum and sister were also not super up for moving to another different country Mm -hmm. um so we so we went back to england and that so who knows you could have been there's there's a couple of universes out there where i lived in spain for a few years and i wonder what and i don't know it's one of those things i always think about where i'm like i wonder what things would be different if we had moved to Spain or had never left France or if I'd never moved to France in the first place like mm. things could just be so different yeah that's so weird I didn't know that I feel like I did should... you not I knew that your dad wasn't 
I knew that your dad was away a lot, but yeah. I, it, I don't, I didn't remember that he was away. No, to be fair, it, I don't know, I don't even know if it was ever like actually like a thing thing. I just remember explicitly saying to my dad, I do not want to move to Spain. Thank you very much. <laughs> no disrespect to Spain. I just was not up for it as a 13 year old. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay, what did you think about the music and the way the music was used? Because I have to say, okay, first of all, Claire de Lune, one of the most used, well-known yeah. pieces of music. Did you think it was overused? Like, do you think I mean, it's an, it was, because, yeah. I think it was a bit, I don't know, not tacky, but a bit unoriginal to I don't use know, I don't, Maybe it's just one of those things where, because it's, despite the, the grandeur, grandeur, I don't know how to say that word in English, of the film, mm-hmm. like, it's still about something, like, just a regular person who was, like, sort of taken from a regular world and thrown across the multiverse. So, I don't know, maybe it's just sort of bringing it back to something that's quite simple mm-hmm. in, in the sense of that piece of music, but, like you say, being very iconic, yes, but also used a lot. Yeah. I really like Mitski. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I loved having her there. When I heard when I heard it for the first time, I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's my it's Mitski, it's my babe." <laughs> she was perfect in this. I wish she'd done the award ceremony. Oh yeah, um, but you know, I understand why she wasn't there. Also, you know, I love you. Like the part was like, "I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you," and it's literally yeah. just that. Yeah. Okay, I played that for like a week. <laughs> I just played that song just that. just that and it has like the only lyric being I love you and I swear everyone thought I was going Michelin there was something wrong but I swear every single time I heard like, no okay otherwise I would have been crying for a week but whenever I hear it and it like catches me yeah I yeah. immediately feel emotional and yeah. caught off guard yeah no <laughs> I get what you um, <laughs> so yeah it was, it was it's rough that song makes me feel a bit yes, raw <laughs> I get that <laughs> one of the themes in this is also like this is a bit more of an obscure film point there's also like the burnt out kid yeah not trope but like discussion which i thought was great and it was a really interesting way of putting it because i think it was very literally explained and put into words which is that often kids become burnt out because they get crushed by their own potential yeah and in the case of this film that's literally what happens is the fact that because she's better because joy is better at multiverse jumping than like she's the best at yeah jumping and her mum just pushes and pushes and pushes her and then she breaks yeah it starts like literally destroying the universe yeah (laughs) which i thought was fantastic yeah i mean that's a very high scale stakes yeah but yeah representative of that ideal i guess yeah did you find her scary did you find i think i mean there were a couple of jump scares actually i remember i mean i always say that i'm incredibly skittish and I never know if you can say that about a human, because you can always say, like, an animal is skittish. But I say that I am a skittish human being. It's so easy to make me jump, mm-hmm. especially with, like, films and stuff. And especially with, especially because I watched this in the cinema, where everything is just, like, amplified times a million. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of bits with Joe Butipaki that made me jump. I can't think of, like, a specific moment, but there were a couple of bits where she just appears, which I was like, ah! Um, <laughs> but I, I mean... I think I, the way they like introduced her was really clever. I, I saw like, a video of like the the transition between her when she's in like the office building looking for her, yeah. she's like, just not here, and then she like 
jolts back and then you realize that it's joy and you're like oh my god oh my god it's her daughter that's so crazy yeah what does this mean like what is gonna happen yeah that was really clever Mm -hmm. yeah i know i agree i think it was amazing i also think i don't i didn't find her scary in like a literal sense like she wasn't like scary visually Mm -hmm. um although i did love the Oh yeah, the, the costumes were so creative, incredible, and the makeup as well. I was yeah, like, I don't know if they got nominated for best makeup. I don't know if they did. I think, I think they did. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, it was just amazing. purely on Stephanie who. She, yeah, she all of her incredible. costumes were just, and like the makeup they say was just so clever. Yeah, one thing I really really liked was there are moments which are quite absurd. Yeah, quite odd and weird and strange and as we said it, they still work because they somehow managed to keep it in the bounds of this still makes sense and this yeah. still has a purpose but I really enjoyed how human the reactions were and how like Michelle Yeoh because a lot of times in action movies and stuff like the characters will be thrown into a situation yeah. and then suddenly they are like really prepared they're so like they just acclimate like immediately yeah. to this insane yeah. like aliens or like serial killer or someone chasing after them with guns situation yeah yeah i like yeah i hadn't thought of that yeah her reactions are super like oh my god what's happening (laughs) exactly what is this Mm. she gets she yeah she's very confused for a lot of it only really figures stuff out like near the end yeah exactly you know after the scene where it's like right at the beginning and she's just punched yes and the security cards have been called up because obviously she's just punched a woman yeah um and then waymond is has fought them all off like alpha waymond has fought yeah. them all off and then waymond's like so either you can come with me and save the universe or you can just lie here and she says i'm good with lying i'm just gonna lie here <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly but it's not cheesy either it's not because no. like a lot of times when there's like a reluctant hero it can actually be really kind of embarrassing no like, yeah i get oh what you mean God. like just get a grip and i think one of the great things as well was the fact that she had such a reasonable reaction to the universe stuff and the yeah. fact that she was like this is what my life could have been yeah and i want people i want him i want wayman to know that this is what my life could have been without him and yeah th- and i think that's fair enough like when you know like i think a lot of people ask the question of what if yeah and definitely yeah and she- i just really appreciated that i think yeah evelyn is definitely a very imperfect character mm-hmm. and I, I definitely appreciate that in any film and especially in if you're looking at it from like the a- the action lens where like you say you sort of have this hero that all the responsibilities suddenly thrust upon them and a lot of the time they just end up being like the perfect person for the job yeah <laughs> um and but perfect in like multiple mm-hmm. senses i think an example would be peter parker spider-man he's morally incorruptible almost mm-hmm. just just the good guy whereas <laughs> i honestly prefer characters that have more like nuance and yeah sort of depth and they have issues they're not perfect they have like flaws and they're very human i think like you say the whole evelyn sort of realizing what her life could have been and not being and being almost a, like a bit sort of angry about it yeah and i thought that was completely that's like, reasonable yeah that's reasonable yeah it's and it's a very human reaction and i yeah. think i appreciate that in in films when they show that exactly and i think that's what makes it so ups- not yeah upsetting a bit upsetting when when you have the whole conversation with waymond where he says in another like universe i would have liked to just do laundry and taxes with you and yeah. it's the fact that he, in this universe he is this is this isn't the waymond 
from her universe speaking. Yeah. This isn't him. It's this other Wayman who has literally everything, who's also achieved so much. Yeah, and he's and never experienced that life with her. Yeah, exactly. And he still wants her so badly. Yeah. And yeah. Who's your number one flawed character? I don't know if I can even say this on a film podcast because my mind is just going to Bucky Barnes. <laughs> Who is one of my favourite characters in any, just in general. I'm trying to think of other examples. Jojo in Jojo Rabbit. Oh my gosh, I love that film It's so one of my favourite films. Um, yeah. It is in my top four on Letterboxd. Uh-huh. I mean, that's kind of an obvious one because it's set in Nazi Germany and it's like a Hitler youth. But, like, he grows. With a child. You expect, yeah. But I think also the fact that he's a child and he can sort of come to the realisations. Yeah. And, like, his relationship with... I can't remember her name either. I'm so sorry. The girl. The girl. It's, <laughs> <laughs> like, even though it seems like a very obvious attitude change in yeah. one day in within the sphere of... Within mm. the world of the story, like, I think, like, a, a good Well, I evolution. think it's yet another character that's growing. Yeah. And learning to grow and learning. I think in any way that's. Compassion. Yeah. That's admirable. Yeah. Oh, I can think of another flawed character in like a less nuanced way. But this is just a conversation me and my friends have quite a lot. It's mm-hmm. Batman. As a. Not any specific variant of Batman. It's just as a general rule with Batman because you have. Bruce Wayne is like a multi millionaire, billionaire character. Mm-hmm. He sees the crime happening in Gotham. 99% of which is due to poverty. Mm-hmm. And instead of giving money to help fix it, he's like, no, I'm going to become a crime fighting bat <laughs> and beat up the poor people who were just trying to live. <laughs> which is a major flaw. It's um, which it's is- actually, this is an analysis I did when I studied, you don't have to put this in the podcast. This is just we'll put it. This is when I studied Measure for Measure by Shakespeare at A-level. And there's, I don't know if you're familiar with the text. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, actually, I have read all of Shakespeare's texts. I'm very familiar with all of Shakespeare's texts. Yes. And there's the Duke character who goes on, he basically does this Machiavellian thing to regain power where he leaves, puts someone else in power. The other person goes a bit power crazy yeah. and like does a terrible job. And then the Duke comes back and he's all like, oh, look at me. I'm your benevolent, benevolent leader. Mm-hmm. Love me. How was I going with this? That, that was man. a point about how that those. Man. That was a point about how those two characters are related, but I can't remember what it was. It was to do the with idea like of having kind of like a power. Uh, a um, what's his name? A savior complex. Yeah, savior complex. Kind of getting their power, having the ability to enact change in like a more positive way, but sort of going for the, the more self-centered, yay me way. I'm yeah. your hero. We were discussing the Oscar nominations and who won and. I mean, we, we were discussing this a bit before we said the podcast, but I think that Stephanie Sue should have won for yeah. Best Supporting Actress. I um, mean, I just, I mean, like, I don't want to sound like I'm discounting or like, lack of a better word, shitting on Jamie Lee Curtis's <laughs> performance, because I think it was very good. Yeah. And I think it, def- it definitely, like, was important to the plot and added to the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't think it was as impactful or as significant as Stephanie Sue's was. I don't I think Jamie Lee Curtis's performance was very good, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was the best out of the nominations. Yeah. Um my mum did say though, this is not my opinion. This is my mum's <laughs> opinion. My mum did say that she plays a role that she she acts in a way that's very different from yes, what she usually does. That's true. Does. It was kind of like a it was definitely like a turn from her usual. Yeah. Roles. I only know her from Freaky Friday. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, obviously, she, she was in um, Knives Out. Which was yeah, oh, yeah, I knew, of course, yeah. Um, and all the Halloween movies. Yeah. All, like, 20 of them have many. I've not seen any of them, and I don't want to because I'm a wimp. But, yeah, I, th- like, I, get, I get that aspect. And I think, I mean, there's so many... One thing I always find with, like, the nominations is there's so... Seems to be a lot of different criteria for what warrants best actor because you have the or best actress whatever or any of the acting categories because mm-hmm. you always you always have the you have the shouty cryy nomination before i go on i should say that i'm not like shitting on any of these like sort of tropes i think they're all very good acting so you have like the shouty cry nomination you have the method actor nomination austin butler yeah, who's like terrorized someone who terrorized all the cast and crew for the role, yeah, allegedly. I don't. I mean, I don't think he was that. Bad. I don't think he did. He um, just had that accent for ages. For ages, and you have like the sort of more subtle acting, the subtle naturalistic acting, which I think was like Paul Mescal. So, of, I mean, there are more you could yeah. go off the sort of tropes, if but you those will, are the three. of of Oscar nominees. Yeah. But then I think another one, which is sort of what Jamie Lee Curtis fit into, is when an actor sort of does a full flip from like their usual thing if that makes sense mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of another example i guess you mcconaughey him in um was he, he dallas buyers club yes he was yeah that yes. was a, kind of a flip yeah because he was doing his rom-com yeah it was a big deal i remember he said in an interview yeah. he's like i needed to get out of the rom-com because yeah. otherwise i was gonna get complete i was gonna Typecast, get typecasted yeah. for and that was gonna be it yeah so i'd say that's another sort of category if you will um and that's sort of i would say what happened with what Jamie happened with, with Jamie Curtis, which again is commendable, and I think yeah. it it shows good range if an actor is able to take if they've been relatively typecast and they're able to make the flip into something, whether that's yeah. like going from comedy to something more serious or vice versa, or if it's just doing a role that's completely wacky and different. Yeah. So I I understand the nomination and the award from that sense. But she'd never been nominated before. Is and that, which yeah, is crazy. I didn't realize that because I was thinking like oh. Surely this, she's, I was going in from like, I don't agree because this has to be her second nomination or second win. But then I was like, oh, wait, no, this is her first nomination. Yeah, I would have thought so as well. And it's and it's hard to judge the acting categories because that I feel like that tends to be where there's a lot of variation between award shows. Again, it depends. BAFTA, I mean, BAFTAs and Oscars, which I feel like are two of like the major well, for us. film ones. <laughs> yeah. For, for, <laughs> I think there was so much difference in the oh, winners. No. Well, that's why I said I I actually felt, I literally wrote this in my notes. I was like, I kind of need to apologise for having the audacity to say, I hope everything everywhere all at once doesn't get snubbed at Oscars. Because even yeah. before, even at the BAFTAs, they'd already won loads of yeah, no. And they didn't necessarily need to win loads no. of awards at the BAFTAs. I just think it really depends on but it was, who's choosing the nominees, who's yeah. choosing the winners. It can be so many different factors. Like, even... Like, if you look at the BAFTAs, like, Kate Blanchett won Best Actress in the BAFTAs. Yeah. I just want to talk about this TikTok that I saw, because I've been thinking about it. All- I actually cried. Genuinely cried. It was an hour before you came over, and I saw it, and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to tell Lauren about this. But you know the song that's been really trending on TikTok at the moment, and I did the I did a video, I'm, I've done two videos with the song, which is, change your hair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, that one. exactly, yeah. somebody did it. Those with movies are emotional. Every single time. Yeah. And someone did that with Joy in the first part, and then Evelyn in the second half. Yeah. Okay, actually, I'm going to show you, and then you can... <laughs> and then I can cry. You can experience it. <laughs> God. <laughs> 
I actually have pictures of me with like snot running down my face. <laughs> <laughs> like, like this film ruined Shocking, me emotionally. Honestly. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a very emotional movie watcher. So Same. I don't understand how. If you how... cry, I probably will cry as well. Well, I'm just the kind of person that I just have quite open reactions. And I it's, it's just a general thing as well. I was actually saying this earlier to someone that I... Um, it's I really struggle with like schooling my facial expressions <laughs> so like if someone says something that I don't agree with they will know because it will show on my face but like it's the same thing with films I'm I will cry with films but I will also laugh out loud at films yeah. and my sister thinks that's so weird I've had it before when I've been in the car with her and I'll be watching something with headphones on and I'll be like giggling away and she's like <laughs> what are you doing? Why do you laugh out loud? Why do you cry over films out loud? Like she just, all her reactions are like internal. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I just, I'm an outward expressive person, person, I guess. Yeah. The worst is doing it. Sorry, I've done it because I've gone to quite a few musicals. Yeah. And to be fair, Cabaret made me cry. Did it? At the end, yeah. Oh, was I crying? I can't remember if I cried. I don't, I, remem- I don't remember. I, I remember you crying. Yeah. <laughs> but you weren't too bad. No, I- it, to be fair, it wasn't like crying, crying. Yeah. Everything I ever once did actually make me do the whole, <gasps> like oh, that kind of like so breathless bad. sobbing. <laughs> but this was just more tearing up type crying. I have paper. I have I have notes that I wrote on paper at the time. And they're like covered, they're like just covered in tears. <laughs> so just like, okay. You can't read it because it's all yeah. washed away. And I started, people were saying that they started crying at the rocks. And I'm like, I started crying way before Oh, yeah. That. I was crying 20 I was crying on and off yeah yeah pretty much I was not okay because I it was even before the laundry and I when the laundry quote came I was no. like oh god no. it just got me going yeah. yeah and then I had to I literally s- s- like sat because also I was at home alone oh god. so <laughs> I just had the dog with me and I don't know why I was at home alone I think I just don't, I don't know. For some reason, I was at home alone, or I was the only one up for some reason. Yeah. Even though it was 10 at night, you know, it was a reasonable time to yeah. still be active. And I was just sitting there on the sofa like this, trying to calm down because I was yeah. crying so hard. <laughs> it was really, really bad. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm an emotional watcher as well. People would be like, oh, I'm going to watch, I don't know. So, I have a list of films that are classics not classics but you know like yeah yeah films that you're just supposed to have watched and i don't know how i'm gonna get through it because i need to have the right mindset no i totally it. get what you mean i between film genres like especially with more like serious ones i need to be yeah. like in the, in the moment to watch a film like that yeah i really want to watch um moonlight oh yeah but i just haven't gone down to yeah it. no I, I get what you mean now that we've kind of finished well done, Lauren. I'm very yeah. impressed by you and your qu- answers to my questions. Would you like to tell me about the highlight of your week or something fun that you're going to be doing? Or even just a film that you've watched recently or a book you've read recently or just something you enjoyed recently? Oh, goodness. I feel like I'm put on the spot. <laughs> nothing (laughs) nothing fun do you want me to go first no yeah you go first okay what have i done fun well i'm up in london which is nice i'm glad to be up in london i managed to get the lady chatterley's lover out because i swear that was giving me burnout like it wasn't i don't i'm not gonna you know i'm happy with the episode that i did and i'm just glad that i've done it because it's something that 
actually took a lot of effort to yeah. do. And I, the thing is, is I had to restrain myself quite a lot in what I wanted to say because otherwise it would have turned into a full rant yeah. about everything that was going yeah. on and I was trying to keep things structured. But yeah, so I'm glad that's been put up. I'm proud of myself for that. And then yesterday I watched Pride and Prejudice with Matthew. Yes. And I was glad that I forced another person to watch it. And Matthew said I only screamed in his ear four times. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's, that's chill. Like re- that's reasonable. <laughs> I cannot. That's to be expected. Yeah. <laughs> and then we watched, um, I actually rewatched Amélie Poulain. Oh, yeah. Because I, I hadn't watched it. It was the first film that I went, oh my gosh, this is what cinematography is about. <laughs> Do you know? Yeah. Cause, and, and I'd actually forgotten how much, how many sexual innuendos there are in it. And I... I haven't watched it in a while, to be fair. Yeah. And so a couple of times I was like, oh my gosh. I felt like a scandalised granny because <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. But um, yeah, and that was nice. Even though I was kind of falling asleep because it was like one in the morning. So yeah. I'm going to persist and I'm going to enjoy this. So yeah, I really enjoyed watching that. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, I was an extra in a short film on Sunday. That was pretty fun. Go Lauren. I'm an actor. <laughs> that on my CV. <laughs> You can see my mouth is in the shot. Oh, yeah, we'll um, be linking the short film in the description. Yeah, I, I have no idea when that's going to be out, actually. <laughs> I'll send it to you when it is. Oh, I, do you? Like, I am excited to see it, how it comes together. Things I've watched. Uh, I watched Spotlight the other day. Not quite a happy note to end on, but it's a very good film. <laughs> it's about paedophilia and child molestation oh. in the Catholic oh. Church. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about... Um, I would recommend if you haven't seen it because it's an incredibly good film but it's uh, about an investigative reporter team that basically expose this whole like scandal in a okay. Catholic church in the early 2000s and it's very good and it's got Michael Keaton and Mark Ruffalo and Rachel McAdams in it. Oh damn. Good, so, act- good, good actors. Good cast. I think it won Best Picture in 2014 or 2015 so I would okay. recommend. Okay. It's a bit of a downer though. So <laughs> be prepared for that. Well, I'm glad you didn't find it amusing. No. I have a question for you, actually, before you go, because it's two days now until... Have you watched Shadow and Bones yet, Lauren? No. Oh! <laughs> okay. I'm sorry! Okay, well... I'm sorry! Well, on that note, that is going to be next week's theme. I have... I've done some reading, because I actually hadn't read the books before I watched the first season. <laughs> So Very like fun. Um, Very fun. <laughs> so actually it's I think it's book two, book three, and then the first book of the spin-off series series that's yeah. in this new season. So I have quite a bit of reading to do. But luckily I You'll be on it. Yeah, I'll be on it. I'll be fine. And it's not like there's eight episodes, I think, that I need to go over. So Yeah, you know, this is gonna be the first T V series that I do, which will be interesting. And I just like to say I will not only be doing fantasy and I've basically only done fantasy and romance and classics. Like there hasn't <laughs> been that much diversity in what I've done, but I've I already know which what the next book two screen adaptation will be after this, and it's a bit of a U turn. So cool, yeah. Well, Thank you so much. For you're welcome. Being on the podcast, you were fabulous. Now you have to do the outro. Have a great day, everyone. I hope you enjoyed. Yay!